Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast, the reaction. And uh, obviously, we haven't reacted yet because we're here before the Barnsley game and we're in the Weed Chief. And we've stumbled across Charlie Methon. What a surprise, Charlie, in the Weed Chief before the game. I think quite a lot of Sunderland fans say it was not a great surprise to find me in a pub. Absolutely, and, and you know that's not a bad, no bad thing. But I thought I'd grab you obviously because we're a lot of chat at the moment about the, trying to get forty thousand in for that Boxing Day game um, against Bradford. You know how close are we to getting that, that forty thousand? Well, if you include the Bradford tickets, um, we've just passed thirty thousand today. Okay. Um, so we're talking about another eight thousand to beat um, the, old, uh, the, the modern day third tier record, which is thirty eight thousand two hundred. Um, that's my first target is for this to be the, the biggest game in, in modern day third tier history and then obviously to press on to get the one and a half thousand past that that takes us 40,000 and means we open the Premier Concourse um, that's where we want to get to it's an ambitious target a lot of people say oh why are you setting these targets you might miss them okay well if we miss them we miss them but let's try and be the best we possibly can let's try and be record breakers let's try and be the biggest club that's ever played at this level because that's what it is and let's try and meet these targets. Can't really say much after that, really, can you? So if you haven't bought a ticket, if you've got somebody you like, if you don't like, you know, if they're a Newcastle fan, you know, save them a bit of money at Christmas and buy them a ticket because they've been coming to all the games as well. Yes, stick it in their Christmas <laughs> stocking. Exactly. Along with the orange at the bottom. <laughs> or maybe a bit of lemon. <laughs> so yeah, get yourself down to the game on Boxing Day and uh, we'll hand over to James after the intro music because obviously we'll have beaten Barnsley by then. Maybe we'll have to edit that bit out if we haven't. <laughs> Welcome to the Wise Men Say Reaction Show. Sunderland have just triumphed over Barnsley 4-2 at the Stadium of Light. Goals from Luke O'Nine, Josh Madger, Aidan McGeady and Lyndon Gooch secured the win for Jack Ross's side. I'm going to head down and see who I can speak to and get some post-match reaction. I'm joined after the Barnsley game with Sunderland legend Gary Bennett. Gary, what did you make of that? For a neutral, good game. Good game. Two good teams. Um, you've got to say, especially when Sun number three nil up, you thought it was one-way traffic. But credit to Barnsley, they kept going and they got that goal um, just on the brink of half time. And then, you know, you're thinking they were going to come out in the second half, which they did do. You've got back to 3-2. And you've got to say, in the second half, Sunderland struggled to put the ball, pass the ball well. Um, the only time when we did string two or three passes together, we ended up scoring a goal. But, um, no, 
as a as a neutral, it was a good game to watch. It really was chalk and cheese though, because Sunderland when they when they got a foot on the ball, were absolutely sublime at times, and they cut Barnsley the ribbon, but it wasn't consistent, was it? Yeah, that's right. As I said, you know, especially when we were three 0 up, we started to play with a lot of confidence. People wanted to get on the ball; they were available available for it. We played with a little bit of swagger, maybe too much, but then all of a sudden, especially conceding that goal panic stations kicked in and we've seen that in the second half we we struggled to get going in that second half Barnsley got the other goal it made it 3-2 and then it could have gone either way and then you know good move good play by Maguire on the right hand side and McGeady you've got to give credit to McGeady because he had a great opportunity to shoot himself but not being selfish he rolled the ball into a ninth path and he got the goal which ended up making it 4-2 Real competition for places now in that midfield with 0-9 coming off the bench, as you say, to score. Yeah, definitely so. And again, you know, we've got competitions all over the park now. You know, you people are obviously imagine didn't have the best of games on Saturday against um, Walsall, but I think you've seen tonight what he can produce. It was a, you know, sublime goal, great touch. You know, lost the, the centre back and great finish on his weak side as well. The goalkeeper had no chance. Thanks, Gary. Joining me in the press box today, we have Wise Men says newest recruit budding sports journalist Adam Webb how are you doing? I'm great yeah thanks you I'm not too bad what did you make of the game? Uh, first half I thought obviously dominated most of it but then it was nervy towards the end and then second half it continued in the same fashion really Bit of an experience in the midfield with uh, missing Lee Catamull? Yeah I think so obviously power sound on the ball but I think Catamull just brings a bit more grit to the team and uh, I think power might be a bit conscious about obviously all the red card situation and stuff so yeah yeah, it's, but Sunderland was so good attacking today when when they got going and when yeah. they were, were able to string, string passes together. I think we've shown now that we're going to outscore any team in this league. Like, I think I expected that, but like, I just the whole touches outside the boxing as well. Like, we're just what's the problem if we just keep scoring from outside the box? Like, <laughs> and where do you think Sunderland are going to end up this season? Be bold, put a prediction on it. Four. I think the Real Portsmouth are going. I think they might actually finish top, but I think it depends on January and injuries throughout the season. But I think it's definitely doable us finishing top by. Nice one, Adam. Thanks for uh, thanks for popping your your wise men's virginity. <laughs>
you play a team like Barnsley with the players they've got, the quality they've got, you have to accept that they're going to have their moments in the game, they're going to hurt you. And I think Sunderland took the gamble was, we know we're going to give a bit up in terms of height, in terms of pace, but how can we set up in a way where we can take advantage of their weaknesses because they are gung-ho. And I thought the way they set up in that kind of diamond in the first half really freed McGeady up, who was just Mm. absolutely tremendous. And then, yes, they wobbled in the second half, but to be fair to Jack Ross, he switched things around, he went to that kind of 4-4-1-1, he showed things up, and actually, although that start of the second half was, was a very, very nervy time, actually, some of them were the best team for the last 20 minutes, and they thoroughly deserved that four. Yes, they gave up chances, but they could have scored seven or eight. I thought, I thought there was ten minutes where Sullen were really under the thumb, and, and Honeyman kind of played the destroyer role, he kind of dropped back, and he, he started... Um, he started putting his foot in and it was a, I think it really lifted the crowd as well he's good at that he did it against um, Bradford I, I was thinking back to the game there where Sunderland managed the game well in the last 20 minutes to see it out um, and they did it again tonight and I think Honeyman's that you know it's a crucial player in that sort of role. He, he I mean, I use this term. He, he rats, if you like. I mean, yeah. because he does. He just, he just, just he, he's just in in their faces all the time, just flying into tackles, getting the ball away, and just just break, trying to break things up all the time. Mm. Just because he's a high energy player. We've always said that about Honeyman. One of his assets, if you like, is he he has got this dynamo in him, mm. which just keeps on going. And what a finish by Josh Madger as well. We've got to we've got to get him on a contract, surely. Yeah, I think I think tonight though is another reason why I think you will sign a new contract because it's not going to go to many places where he'll get to play in front of a crowd like this on a night like this and be his team's leading player. He's a he's a smart lad. He also knows, and we've seen it again tonight, that he's got parts of his game that he needs to work on. He's got a coaching staff working on it with him. Listen, his, his finishing is absolutely sensational. I mean, Ethan Pinnock is a player who. You know, there's been rumours of big money bids for him. A lot of people see him as the, one of the best defenders outside the top two leagues, and he is—he's—he's he's, he's embarrassed him, and he'll do that to better defenders. He's a—he's a—he's a frightening talent, and credit to Jack Ross as well, actually, for taking him off. Yeah. Even though we all know he's got that goal in him, when the way the game went, it wasn't quite right for him. They needed 9 and 9 did the job again. Looking towards January, is there anywhere you think we need to strengthen? Um, I, I think you always do. I think you know, central midfield. Um, it, it's, it's difficult when you see a team playing so well as they did tonight mm. and you think you know when everyone's fit you, do you necessarily need to strengthen but I think you always need that cover it's still there's still 27 games to play and, it's, and there's still a lot of football left and they will pick up injuries and you know there's an argument they do need someone you know strong through the middle again we don't know what's going to happen in January with Oviedo with McGeady with Matthews any of those players that the high earners um, so they, they probably will need some sort of cover in, in, in those respects but the way they play tonight the way that they've been showing you know Warsaw the way that the character they showed in coming back there you know there's an argument that you, you, it's not completely necessary to get players in but I think if you want to make sure you're going to get over the line they will want to bring a couple in I was talking to Gary Bennett about this um, up there but it's it's nice that we've got 0-9 coming off the bench scoring really really kind of boosting his chances because we're going to need that we've had three games in seven days well it, it, the, the games are thick. I mean you, you think about it now I mean we're at the end of November and they've already played 24 games this season mm. which is you know, that's, that's a lot of games and you know we've got 27 league games left that's without if they have a run in the FA Cup if they continue their progress in the Checker trade trophy. They will pick up injuries again. You know that. That said, you've got White to come back, Watmore to come back, Catamol to come back, McGeoch to come back. So you know, I think it's be a balancing act for Jack Ross in in January. And there's not a lot of money there. They will have to get one or two out. Um, and I think he's going to sort of have to manage his squad, if you like, and, and look at it pragmatically. Phil, where does Sunderland finish this this season? 
Um, top two. I'm worried about Luton. I think I think Luton are an excellent side. It's no surprise when they've gone on this run. I thought they're still arguably in my eyes, maybe Barnsley, but they're still, I think, the best side Sunderland have faced. Power, technical quality and a real, real fortress at home. I, I can see them making a, a long push at this, but I think Sunderland are going to order. That's a huge win tonight and it's important not to get sucked into or they nearly chucked away a three-goal lead. Over 90 minutes, they deserve to win because of the chances that they created and really, really impressive performance. Nick? Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with Phil. I think you know you've got to look at it overall of the full full ninety minutes. And yes, they, they pulled it back to three two Barnsley, but ultimately Sunderland could have won it by more than four. Um, you know, and they've made a statement tonight. I, I, look, they've still got to go to Barnsley later in the season. They've got to go to Portsmouth yet. Yes, there's, still long, there's some big games to come, but they're showing that every time that a test is thrown in front of them, they're coming through it. We're off to speak to Jack Ross now to get his thoughts on Sunderland's 4-2 defeat of Barnsley. Time flies by for me because I sort of often refer to it as a start of the season. You know, we're at, as you said, the midpoint and we're just growing, I think, as time's going on and we've still got little bits we can keep improving on, but the way I tend to set my teams up mean that there's going to be more games like that than, than no nils and um, we're also finding different ways to win and, and probably getting more comfortable with different systems again as well so that's credit to the players their understanding and willingness to take on board what we asked them to do and I enjoyed watching them tonight I enjoyed all aspects of the game even when we were under pressure I didn't enjoy it at the time but in reflection I enjoy it because they're resilient enough to come through that period as well That was Jack Ross on Sunderland's 4-2 defeat of Barnsley at the Stadium of Light Your side played some scintillating football at times if we play like that against Walsall then surely we're going to be okay um, Different game you know, different challenge for us and um, you know the game tonight the way we set out and the way Barnsley played it probably you know they try and press high up the pitch so the game was going to be open and our I've got lots of good creative players in that team and they all were at it tonight and, and they enjoyed I think the freedom they were given um, you know they said the one criticism is you could have been further ahead because I think we created some really good opportunities and each and every one of them was, was some really good play so I hope that people that came and watched tonight enjoyed it because I, again I think it's another big step forward for us And the honeymoon today with such a, a battle and captain's performance as well Yeah I mean I, I, I you know I've been pretty consistent in my praise of George um, I see what he does time after time for us so a lot of work in football is unselfish and doesn't get seen and he does a huge amount of that but he's his passion and drive for this club is is, is evident every single day in the way he trains and, and even to finish the game because he, he hurt his ankle and most people would come off but he's he's a resilient he's a resilient lad and um, you know pleased as a captain that he's he's leading this club to win late tonight Could you talk us through the decision to bring Sinclair on when you did what was the reason behind that? Um, Josh is just on for Chris because I think we won Chris has put an awful lot of energy into the match tonight and um, also that time at Barnsley's line was particularly high and when we asked Jerome then to stretch the game and I think he did that in his period you know I speak about the subs making a contribution he did that in his short period and obviously Luke in his longer period on the pitch did that That was Sunderland manager Jack Ross's response to his side's 4-2 victory over Barnsley this evening I'm now heading back to the Wheat Chief pub to catch up with my friend Mickey Love, who writes for A Love Supreme and does a few podcast things with us at Wise Men Say. I'm joined by Wise Men Say contributor, ALS aficionado, 
Big Mickey Love, how are you? Basically, I'll just write or talk about football with anyone that'll have us. So. Well, you, you were once called, um, what was it, a, a podcasting whore or something? Yeah, like that? that's what um, Martin McFadden from the Love Supreme likes to call the fanzine whore, so there oh, you have it. There you go, there you go. It's, uh, it's Caddy Rowdy in the Weed Chief tonight. It is, we've got all the sudden tunes on, we've had Wise Ben Seer, and now we've got the Deirdre Believer on. Only the best? Yep, only the best will do. What did you make of the performance? Well, my heart rate is just about returned to normal because we were so good for the first half an hour. It reminded me a little bit of the Peterborough game a few weeks ago where they were in complete control of the game and all of a sudden they get a goal back. And from that moment, you felt the anxiety throughout the stadium. And to be honest, when they got back to 3-2, I couldn't see how we were going to hold them for the remaining half an hour. I was impressed today. Um, Jack Ross spoke about it, but Honeyman, I thought, was excellent. There was 10 minutes where he kind of really gritted his teeth and started throwing himself into tackles, winning the ball back, recycling things. What did you make of Honeyman? Absolutely outstanding. I think he embodies a kind of new Sunderland this season. I mean, I've often joked about Sunderland. We find, we, in previous years, we've found ways to lose games all too often. <laughs> yeah. But this season, I think we've won games in every possible manner. We've had convincing yeah, yeah. results against the likes of South End against Rochdale. But then we've had to dig in like we did on Saturday and today. We're 3-0 up in the game, absolutely cruising, like I said. But it's 3-2, but they've got the tails up. As I said, the crowd were a bit anxious. But we managed to get them really well from Banana Fort and bring it all nine on, really kind of shoot the thing up. And we gradually grew back into the game and then got the win. What, what did you make of Jack Ross's decision to bring Sinclair on so late? I was chatting to Stephen Goldsmith during the game um, on WhatsApp and he was a bit unhappy that it took so long for him to act. See, that was a point I was just about to make um, because like, I was absolutely screaming for him to be brought on. Like, I was at the point I was double-checking to see if he actually was on the bench because I was thinking if he is on the bench, we're playing without a natural striker. Maguire was blown out his arse, to be honest with you, around 70 minutes, so it seemed a really logical change, but who am I to tell Jack Ross what to do after the season he's had so far? Very true, and now in the Weed Chief we have the children of the night. <laughs> Get yeah. the rave on. Yep, I mean, there's a guy in here who has a T-shirt which says "Get the rave on," so that just about says it all. Fantastic, and we've got a wee Philly poster on the um, on the wall as well. That's always nice to see. Well, the, um, I'll leave my views on wee Philly to myself. I think <laughs> <laughs> I like wee Philly. I think wee Philly adds something to the uh, Sunderland fan sphere. Okay, I don't know why we're talking about wee Philly, but yeah, let's get back to the game. Uh, one person left on the bench hasn't featured for a while. Mumba. What do you reckon we should do with Mumba? Do you reckon we should take him up? Well, give him out on loan or? So I should keep him around the first team squad? I think I think he's young enough actually. If Barley Mumba was 20 years old, I'd be saying get him out on loan, absolutely. But he's only just turned 17. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think it's only a good thing to have him in around the squad and hopefully when he's not away with England, play a check trade trophy games or cup games yeah, yeah. and introduce him that way because I don't think it's an absolute necessity to get him playing first team football now. He's incredible that he's played throughout first team football that he has. And to be honest with you, I think he's doing fine the way he is at the club, but he seems to be a good man to have around the place. I honestly wish this was a video podcast because the way Michael Corbett is dancing around this pool table in the Weed Chief is outstanding. I don't think um, Britain's got talent to become the Sunderland anytime soon, it's fair to say. It won't, but it, there's good entertainment value here, I think. Uh, what are you drinking? You got a pint of it, uh, looks like John Smith's. Um, double Maxim, mate. Double Maxim, proper Sunderland lad. Exactly. Mickey Luff, the most Sunderland lad I have ever known, even though he's from Durham. Well, um, I still speak with a more of a Malcolm accent than you, so... Oh, I'm, I'm just a posh guy, aren't I? I'm just a posh guy. Right, that was uh, Wise Men Say and ALS's Mickey Luff. I've been James Cockley. Thank you very much for listening.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 